Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Known. If you're new with us here, Known is a podcast where we sit down with individuals to talk about the battles and burdens that they faced in their lives that have currently helped shape them into all that God has called them to be. And we're really excited for this episode this week as we sit down with Miss Tasia Persevich. Uh, she's such an encouragement. She's such just a beam of joy and hope in a world that seems to be uh, an increasingly not filled with that type of person. And so we're so encouraged by her. And I think you are truly going to be encouraged by some of the things that she has to say and the way that she chooses to walk in her life. Before we get rolling, uh, we got to talk about the people that make this season of Known possible, and that is our sponsor for this season of Known, which is New Ethics Formulations. Guys, we're so stoked on what they're doing over at New Ethics. Like I say, every single week, so encouraged by the way they choose to walk in honesty, truth, transparency, and integrity with the supplements that they make. They're truly pushing the limits of cutting-edge supplements with the things they're doing, testing, and trying, and we're just so encouraged by the way they choose to walk in those pillars that they have. And so, guys, if you want to try New Ethics Formulations, we can't encourage you enough. Uh, I personally love them. I take them every single day, um, but you can check them out at newethics.com and use code KNOWN for 15% off. So if you need protein, if you need help sleeping, if you need help lowering your cortisol, they have great supplements for that. You can reach out to me personally or any of us over at Humble Daily. We'd love to help you out. That's newethics.com and you can go into the show notes with a link for that. Hey guys, we're so ready for this and we're so excited uh, for what this has been and the season that this has been and it's just a crazy time of what's happening in the world. I do just want to add a quick statement uh, or a disclaimer, if you will. Uh, since I'm so busy in medical school and I'm the one that typically records these uh, for Known and for Humble Daily, this was a pre-recorded episode. And so I did record this with Tasia during quarantine before a lot of the racial riots and, and a lot of the new happenings that are happening in America right now. So I don't want any of you to listen to this and think that maybe Tasia was insensitive to the matter. This was recorded before the fact. And so the fact that it is not mentioned in this podcast is not a reflection of a belief from Humble Daily or a belief from Tasia, but rather a fact that this was a pre-recorded episode uh, before some of the happenings and events that took place in our country. And so, hey guys, we're very grateful for you and we just want to roll right into this episode. We think you're truly going to be encouraged by Tasia and the walk that she's walking in and all that God has called her to. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. How are you doing today, Tasia? Hey, Quinn. I am great. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. What have you been up to so far today? We talked a little bit before, but you can reiterate it. Sure. So yeah, um, I woke up right now. Obviously, most people are in quarantine and we're performing some like live workouts um, for the community. I write an all body weight program for CrossFit Mayhem and we did a live stream this morning. So that was like this morning, wake up, let's move, sweat with everyone on YouTube live. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Have you guys seen a lot, like kind of an uptick in the body weight program since all the quarantining? I mean, it's been crazy because I've been doing this <laughs> program for, I've been writing it for almost, I think almost two years now. And obviously right now, because of what's going on, we're giving it away for free. So that's going to draw people to it, but it's skyrocketed <laughs> right now. <laughs> that is so awesome. And do you guys do it through Zoom or anything or how are you guys doing it? We're doing everything through YouTube Live, so it's a little bit less interactive than Zoom, but people can write questions and stuff that you can still answer. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. It's cool to see creative ways people are still creating community um, during times like this, so that's awesome. Yeah, it's totally needed, and it's been super eye-opening. It's so fun. I think it's something we've talked about, not to the gravity we're doing it right now, but continuing um, after quarantine even. 
Love that. So Tasia, just for people that maybe aren't as familiar with you uh, as we are at Humble Daily, can you just give people maybe a short synopsis of who you are? We'll dive deeper into your testimony and other things like that. But um, who are you? Okay. Well, that's such a broad question. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Well, my name is Tasia. I have um, my mother raised me and my two brothers, Caleb, Zach, and my older sister, Tamar. Um, So I grew up you know, with a family that I just loved. And, um, from a young age, I did gymnastics. I did gymnastics my entire life, competed through college and then found CrossFit kind of shortly after that. Um, and then in between all that, you know, I uh, came to find Christ as well. Um, I didn't grow up in the church, which I know we'll get into all that jazz, but yeah, I, I, you know, I love Jesus. I love coffee. I love fitness. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just so excited about just life. There's just so much, so much good stuff happening in the world. So much hard stuff too, but you know, there's goodness in it too. So Hmm. that's awesome. Is, is good dude coffee, everything it's hyped up to be. (laughs) It's really good. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I love coffee. So I've tried a lot of different coffees and it's pretty good. That's awesome. I saw them tried it. I saw they're putting it in a can now. That was hilarious. That video you guys made. Yeah, they're putting it in the can, um, so it's easy just to crack it open and be ready to go. Man, that was that was a good move on their end. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's you know, coffee is never going out of style. Doesn't seem like so. No, it's just getting more and more expensive. It probably costs twenty five cents to make a latte, <laughs> and we can charge five dollars for it. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, Teja, let's just dive right in. Um, so you're very open about your faith, very, um, really open about a lot of your life. And so um, can you just kind of walk me through, like, what is your testimony? What is the kind of the story of how you came to Christ um, and just the way that you're walking with him now? Sure. Um, so like I said, my mom raised me and my two brothers and sisters on our own, sister on our own, on her own. And um yeah, she's just an incredible woman of strength and she really sacrificed her entire life so that we could, you know, become the people we are today. And I just, I love my mother and I love just always starting talking about her and just like someone who really showed me that, you know, love is sacrifice and, you know, she's just incredible. And although we didn't necessarily grow up in the church, I don't remember you know, much about going to church as a kid. We went every once in a while and the church definitely was there and helped us in times in need. Um, but I definitely didn't have a relationship with God then growing up or one that I recognized or knew, like looking back now, I see, I see different things obviously as we grow. Um, but yeah, so I was pretty sheltered, you know, gymnastics was my life growing up. And that was something that was super, just really important to me. And it dedicated all my time to it. And, um, I developed a lot of just like hard, difficult things from that, like body image issues, disordered eating, and just some struggles from a young age, you know, growing up without a father, like when I was younger, I would never would have thought that was an issue because I didn't know anything different. It was just normal for me. And now that I'm 29 years old, I can look back and see that there are some wounds that I've had to deal with because of that. And, um, anyway, so, you know, I fast forward to go to college and I was not a believer and I hadn't really been to church or been in the word or anything like that. And I got myself into, um, an abusive relationship. That was like my first relationship was something that was, you know, physically and emotionally abusive. And I just was lost, like super lost. And 
I knew God was chasing me down because it's, it's so funny. Um, at the time I was competing on sport and gymnastics and dealing with this relationship and this woman who was part of athletes in varsity, there's a Christian group is like chasing me down and trying to invite me to all these Bible studies. And I was like, lady, chill. I'm good. I got this. Like, that's totally me. Just, Hey, I got it. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm good. Um, and she just kept chasing me down. She wouldn't give up. And, you know, long story short, it hit a point where I had nothing left. And, you know, God was the only thing that I felt like was there for me. I'd lost a lot of friends and, you know, I was living a lie in a lot of ways of, you know, to my family and just people who didn't know what was going on in my life because I was ashamed of it. And, um, yeah. And then God was there and, you know, from there, like he's definitely delivered me from that. And, you know, he's continuing to work through a lot of the brokenness and heartbreak that comes from that situation and other situations, um, to the point I am now, which, you know, we could talk all day, right? It's <laughs> like the changes God, you know, works in your life. So that's like, that was like the crux of it, of like my turning point um, was that relationship in my life. Hmm. I love that. So let's let's dive into your mom then. I think that's such a cool thing. Um, just one, I, I love that it comes up in so many of the things that you talk about because you are so proud of your mom and, and what she's done. Um, I think someone can easily look at your platform or, or look at the the people you get associate with and the things that you're doing and, and, and put a self-made sticker on you, you know, and like you worked so hard, you got to where you got. And of course there's hard work on the back end of that, but you're also standing on a lot of people's shoulders. Um, and the broadest of those probably being your mother's. And so can you just talk a little bit about that being raised in kind of a single parent home? Um, what was that like? Uh, what did it teach you? What did it build in you watching your mom really dig deep and, and really, like you said, sacrifice everything so that you guys had a platform to stand on? Yeah. I, I mean, I've always been a mama's girl and, um, just seeing it's funny cause you look back and you're young and you're just, you know, a little bit of a brat. And, I didn't understand the gravity of what she was going through and how she was raising us four kids on her own. And we all were able to do sports. I remember, you know, she worked multiple jobs and she would work all day and make sure we were able to go to sports and stuff. And then she would go out and like clean the gym in the middle of the night so that we could all do sports and gym. So she never had a bedroom. <laughs> like it literally, I think about it, it breaks my heart. Like I feel like now that I'm older, it makes me like emotional because she slept on the couch our entire lives and like me and my sister shared a room and my brothers shared a room and you don't understand that sacrifice when you're young. Um, and then looking back on it now, I, man, she's just the epitome of hard work, you know, epitome of hard work and sacrifice. And those were ingrained in me without her having to even teach me anything. Um, just by showing, right. Like she led by example of just making things work and, not only that, but loving us well through that. And, um, yeah, that's definitely helped mold me into the woman I am today for sure. Hmm. That's so cool. So one of the things I want to talk about, um, there's kind of in America right now, it seems like people believe like two things can't be true at once. One thing has to prevail. Um, and one of the permeating things there, I think is that I personally, I believe women can be strong and men can be powerful at the same time. And so you're a very strong woman in all sense of the word. Um, 
and and you're raised by a very strong woman when in a, 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 fa- a home without a father um, but you're also surrounded right now by some very strong men who who are strong by all senses of the word too um, so can you talk a little bit about that what does it mean to be a strong woman to you um, and what does that look like in the context of faith and your faith and your walk yeah wow that is a big question um, such a good question though right I think being a strong woman is something that's to be valued. And I don't mean just physical strength. Like, yes, if being physically strong is what you want to do, that's great. But it is so much deeper than that. Like being strong and being able to love people and care for people and serve people, um, as well as being your own life. And, you know, that's why we're here on this earth, right? We're, we're here with a purpose to love people. And, um, I think that is true strength when you can live, your life and still it's like not all about you, right? Like you can live your life and serve other people and serve God and love others and just change people's lives. Cause that's like, even when I was young, before I was a believer, all I wanted to do was like make a difference. Right. And I think that's common for not just women, but men too, um, to grow up and be like, okay, I want to change the world. I want to make a difference. Like that's every, not every kid, but it's a lot of kids dreams to do that. And, um, a lot of times like, that might look like a certain profession or something. And then you find out, like for me, when I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor because I thought that was the way I was going to save lives and like change the world. And um, your perspective broadens. um, And what's really cool too is because a woman's strong, that doesn't take away from a man's strength or a man being powerful. And um, I am surrounded by so many strong men um, that are like brothers to me and family to me. And, it's been incredible to be immersed in this community where there are so many believers and people that are trying to do good in the world. And it's just, it's just common. Like that's to be surrounded by that community. It makes it breed it more in yourself. And, um, just because a woman's strong, that doesn't take away from a man's strength. Um, and they're both super important. Absolutely. So how have you seen that play out um, from in your exact context of being on uh, the Mayhem team with Rich, who is probably the strongest of personalities in the CrossFit world, not necessarily because of his personality, just because the platform he's built. Um, so how does that play in? Because I do notice that that he's definitely kind of the leader of the crew, but he's also very much a follow me as I do, not as I say guy, it seems like. Um, and it seems like everyone kind of has a voice on the team and, and yourself included now that you've kind of been a intricate component of that now for a few years. Um, how does that dynamic play out and, and what's kind of the beauty of the dance that is like you have a voice, they have a voice and there's the, how that camaraderie has actually made you guys stronger, accepting that you, you guys can all have power and say at the same time. Yeah, no, that, that's one thing that's super awesome about Rich is, well, one, most people know it and they see it. He's a lead by example, um, type person, not only in fitness, but in his life and, you know, he, he shows up to work hard and that's the plan and that's the expectation, but that's also what you want to do. You want to work hard because you like Rich, Scott, China, Dre, when he was on the team, you know, everyone is there for each other to work hard. And, um, one thing I really admire about him is he doesn't make anyone feel small and like Rich is, he's an incredible athlete. Like I, I, it's funny because I train around him so often that yes, from the outside perspective, you see and you're like, wow, he's really incredible. He's won the games, you know, eight times or whatever, you know, but seeing it, it, he, he's, God has given him a gift for sure. And, um, 
to witness that and then to also be to not feel small because you know china and i we've actually talked about this before is even if well not if we are less fit so <laughs> like than him but he doesn't make you feel that way um he's there to you know one pick up the slack if he's able to pick up the slack and two encourage you and help you to make sure like you're able to do it and then three all of us are there for each other to you know, push each other and to be the best team we can be. And I think that just really shows a lot on the competition floor. And that's what I love. I absolutely love about being on this team is you will never see us fighting out on the competition floor. And um, it just, you know, it's, you know, emotions are high and you see teams arguing and fighting and it's not like that. Everything is calm and collected. And even if you're, you know, imploding, you're the one imploding, your team's there to help you through it in a calm way. Um, and that's what I, I really, truly love that about this team. Hmm. That's amazing. That probably makes it way easier too to train in that environment as opposed to something that's hostile. I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go in and you're like, he knows just like him and everyone else. We know each one of us individually is giving the best effort we can give. And I've, I grew up in sports and if for some reason my best isn't good enough, then I should be removed from the team. And that's, just that's just my you know point is like it's not necessarily a bad thing to you know remove yourself or be removed or change teams or change things because you know that your value and your identity is not placed in that right like it's it's okay and I know that there will probably become a point in my life when I won't be able to maintain the fitness needed to be on the team and then I'll, you know, move on and do something else. And that's okay. <laughs> huh. That's awesome. So Teja, I want to kind of jump back a little bit. You said that kind of as you've grown and matured and especially in your faith, uh, you've, you've kind of found and seen that there's some wounds that maybe have been touched a little bit from, um, not having a father in the household. Um, and just some things you've realized maybe that, that maybe some habits you developed or whatever that may be. Um, would you be willing just to speak a little bit more on that? Like, what are some of the things that have kind of, you've had revelation on or that have kind of come to light of like, oh, maybe that's because of that specific issue. Yeah. Um, so something that I struggle with, I mean, still now I'm definitely still working through it is the idea of self-worth and like having a low self-worth and, um, I didn't recognize it in my younger age, but just feeling like I need to prove to other people that I was valuable and to prove that, you know, by accomplishing something or doing something, then, then people would think that I was a valuable person. And, um, that's not what God says about us. And, you know, God has really been working in my heart in the last couple of years, just reminding myself or reminding me that, God says we're valuable and he says we're chosen and he says we're loved. And that doesn't have anything to do with me winning the CrossFit games. It has nothing to do with me being uber successful in my career or, you know, all the other things that we can put on it. And that struggle of self-worth has been a weed that was growing and growing until God kind of came in and put it to a stop and was like, let me teach you about what I say about you. And, what these promises are. And, um, that's been an incredible point in my life because it, it gives you freedom to go into the CrossFit games. And if I don't win the CrossFit games, that's okay. You know, obviously I want to win the CrossFit games, but if I don't, 
my value isn't based on that. So good. So Tasia, what was, um, you kind of said you didn't maybe grow up in a strong faith, but obviously you're at where you are now. And so what was a, or some of the inflection points in your life that have really, um, led you to a deeper pursuit of Christ? Um, and, and what was those, what were those seasons like? Sure. So, um, I considered like I got baptized when I was 21, so I'm 29 now. Uh, I've been a believer for almost eight years, but you know, we go through phases and we grow and change. And I think honestly, the biggest growth I've seen has been these last two years being in Cookville. My faith has just totally transformed and my relationship with Christ has totally changed. And um, I just was made a post last night because I had written a blog post about, you know, God's timing in regionals. And when I look back on that, I'm like, wow, like that was such an incredible gift from God. But I literally had like the, such a tiny amount of faith at that point in my life. And I was still so broke and I'm still broken, but I was like at a point where I don't know, I've just grown so much since then that it's funny to look back and, um, being here in Cookville is incredible. It's that's, I think a huge difference for me is where I was before. I didn't have a community of believers around me. I was just me and trying to figure it out on my own and navigate that on my own. And, um, you know, God calls us to be in community. And I think that he has definitely shown that to me to be in this atmosphere where I can ask my friends, like people I see every day, like, Hey, I read this and I don't understand it. Like, what do you think about this? And I can be transparent about with like my roommates, Hey, I'm really struggling today, like with my body image and how I look. And like this person said this about me on the internet and it's really hurting my feelings and, you know, just being reminded constantly, um, of your value and your worth and what God says about you by the people around you. So I think community has really been a huge changing point in my life and my faith. That's so awesome. Can you tell me more about, you just kind of alluded to it, Tasia, the, I think a lot of people misconstrue the fact that there might be a correlation between platform and confidence. Um, and that's just not the case, right? That's not the reality. Um, and so you have X number of followers on Instagram. That doesn't mean you don't see or feel the hurtful things that get you thrown your way. Um, can you talk a little bit about like what it's been like wrestling with and dealing, uh, with that? Obviously there's good things that come from the platform. But there's also kind of a darker side that you get exposed to as more people see your life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a platform definitely doesn't give you confidence, you know, um, I've struggled with body image my entire life. I think just growing up gymnast, always wanted my body to be different for gymnastics. And then just as a woman, right, society puts something on us that we should look a certain way. And although I do think that that's changing um, and CrossFit is so great about that, um, it's been really hard. And um, even in this season of being on YouTube, these YouTube lives, I've had <laughs> quite a few mean comments come um, towards me about just me and my body image and it in my body. And it hurts and it's really hard. And um, yeah, it, it, it's something you have to navigate and work through. And that's why, you know, my roommates, I had one night, I was like, I had this person who was coming on just saying all these mean things about me. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? And for someone who struggles with body image and self-worth, I'm like, getting upset about this person who doesn't even know me, who doesn't even know that 
I don't do CrossFit for aesthetics. Like I really, I don't compete for that. And, um, although I am very proud of what my body can do and it still hurts to have people come at you and do that. And what's even cooler is we had just been in a study on, uh, of Jesus. We were talking about Jesus resurrection and how he was mocked and people spit in his face and did all these terrible things to him. And he just took it. And that's something that I try to think about because I get my initial reaction is boom, I'm reactive. I'm like, how can this person say this about me? I'm so mad. I'm so fired up and I'm letting them steal a piece of my day. And that's like, it happens to me like all, not all the time, but like it happens to me. And then I had to take a step back and be like, okay, do I care about what this random person says about me? No, because it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I think it is definitely a hard thing to navigate, but I definitely agree that uh, just because someone has a platform, there's so many great things that come from that, but it doesn't just give you confidence. Hmm. So do you find, Tasia, that you do that just kind of listening to you talk through that? That's something that I've helped my wife walk through. I know my brain kind of naturally goes to it, but she said like, as a girl, I just don't think my brain does that. She's kind of the same, like reactive towards that for the exact same issues. Um, but you just kind of walk through, like you took a superficial comment and then you dove deeper on it of like, Hey, what's true about that superficial comment? What's true about me? What's the truth underneath it? Um, and I've had to walk my wife through and really help her through that. Cause she, she naturally swims at the superficial over and over and over, right? Like, why would they say that? Why is that happening? What's going on? Um, but taking the step back to pull in to say like, Hey, what's true about the situation? Um, is that something that you've had to work on and something that, um, that you found really helpful in the process of it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've definitely had to work on and it just, I don't think it's something that will ever be, I don't want to say easy, but it'll get easier, right? As time goes on, it gets easier and you learn more. And like just hearing you even talk about your wife, it's just, it's so, it breaks my heart that there's so many you know, women and men too, that are dealing with this and dealing with people saying these things. And, um, yeah, for me, just processing it and like working back through. So eventually maybe my reaction time will be slower, you know, or like, it just won't, I'll be like, I'm going to react, but no, let me take a step back. And, um, yeah, it, it is something that you just get a little bit better at some things I don't think will ever go away. Right. I might be, continuing to deal with this, but I'll just get better at dealing with it and be more confident, you know, by listening to like, that's awesome that she has you. I have, you know, my roommates too, who speak life to me when I'm upset about what people say. Hmm. Love that. So Tasia, just, uh, diving into kind of how you, how you kind of built your platform and the things that God's done in your life. Um, to get you to the point that you're at right now. I was reading through the blog post that you referenced earlier this morning, actually. And then I also, two seconds after that, saw this quote that someone posted. It says, there's moments in our lives when the very thing that causes us to wonder about God's care is God's care. Um, and I think that correlates so well with the story that you told in your blog post about leading up to the 2016 regional, uh, where you qualified as an individual for the first time. Was that 2016? Yep. Yep. That, okay. that was it. Can you kind of walk us through a little bit of that story as you went from gymnast to I want to compete in CrossFit 
to maybe this isn't for me back to, okay, I qualified for the games. Um, it seems like there was a lot of ebb and flow in those seasons of life. Can you just kind of walk us through that to familiarize some people with, with kind of the walk that you went through on the journey to where you are now? Yeah, sure. So yeah, like you said, I competed in gymnastics, um, my entire life through college. And like, I had this huge dream to just like go to the Olympics, you know, like what all little girls want to do and just to be great at gymnastics. And although I did well at gymnastics, I was able to compete. I just had to work so hard to be like pretty good. And you know, the Olympics were nowhere in my sights of like actually being capable of qualifying for. Um, and so when I graduated college, you know, I'd kind of been invited to do CrossFit by a friend, like a scaled competition. And then I was, I didn't even want to compete really. I was just wanted to be fit. I'd been competing my entire life. And, um, some of us are just born with competitive genes and (laughs) you just can't help it. And, um, I competed. I remember I had started in February, 2013. I did the open, like I just started. So I'd maybe been doing a couple weeks of CrossFit, did the open. It was super hard. I didn't do well or anything. And then from doing just classes, one class a day for a year, I ended up coming in 64th in the open that following year. And I remember just thinking to myself, wow, because that's when they took top 45. I was like, wow, I'm like not that far off. Like if I actually tried really hard, like I was trying, but if I like dedicated time to compete, like I could make it to regionals. And so it was my dream just to make it to regionals. And, you know, I started dedicating more time to that and I qualified to regionals in 2015. I had come in, I think I came in fourth in the open in my region. So I was feeling pretty good. I was like, okay, I think you know, I can do this. And people were kind of like, oh, you could qualify for the games, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Obviously, that's like another dream. If you want to qualify to regionals, you want to qualify for the games. And um, I remember 2015, I went to that regionals and just totally bombed. <laughs> like, so bad. I have, I don't know if you've ever heard of people having like an adrenaline dump, but I'm pretty sure I had some degree of an adrenaline dump on day one. I went in and just like totally imploded on Randy and Tommy V and just, you know, these workouts that I had done well and in training, I was minutes slower and yeah, just kind of questioning, you know, maybe I'm not capable or maybe this isn't God's plan, but I'm just gonna get back to work and, you know, just keep working towards being the best I could in the sport. And 2016 was so wild that that regionals it's so hard to put into words for me because I you know went in same same mindset right okay I think I can do this and I remember the workouts coming out and being like wow these workouts are really good for me and I went in day one was normal and then I talk about my blog day two I go into day two and come in a workout i think it started with like 106 wall balls and I think I did like 150 because I got so many no reps and just totally bombed workouts back to back it was like a couplet 26th and I think 22nd because I just read through that blog but I mean you can't really come back from that back in those days when it was top five out of a super region coming back from a 26th and a 22nd place to out of seven events like you don't normally it's not possible points wise to come back from something like that and I remember God just being there and just these people like coming into the picture and kind of like reminding me that it wasn't over and that 
you know, like we're meant to go through things that might be hard. And although this is like a sport hard, it's not like a life hard, go through something hard in sport um, to prevail through that. Like we're called to do that and to do that well um, and not to be sitting around pouting like, hmm, I got 26 and now my games are over, so I might as well give up. And um, the next workout was supposed to be a damage control workout. And I came in like second <laughs> in the region. And so, you know, final day, um, I think God, you know, I practice a lot of vis- visualization and I talked about that in the blog and looking back even more removed, like I do think sometimes God gives you visions of what you see or what's going to happen. And I remember visualizing that final workout exactly as it happened before it happened. And, um, yeah, it's just so much emotions coming down to that. Like I, I literally had to win the workout to qualify to the games. And for a girl who's like, it's my second time at regionals and I was going against like the person who was below me was like a seasoned games athlete or she was above me, but like it was between us. Um, and I won the workout and she came in second. So it wasn't exactly a, you know, easy fought race. Like that was a weakness for her or anything. And she was incredible. And just to have that and, God to like see me through that to the point. So that was 2016 qualifying as an individual. And then obviously my story has totally changed even since then. Um, but just looking back and seeing even like God's teaching you things, even in sport or wherever you're at in your life, he's going to teach you something. And that was really cool, especially reading it back last night. It was really cool yeah. to read it again. Huh. That's awesome. So one of the quotes you have, I think it's in the last paragraph. You said, uh, the hardest, saddest, most painful moments have led me to the most perfect ones. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, trials in your life have built consistency, right? Like, like it's, it's almost made you more of a consistent person. It seems like that you're just like, you, you keep getting after it after a trial comes. Um, and kind of the, like the zeitgeist or the theme of our era that we live in right now is if it's hard, it must not be your calling. Um, so how can you buck back against that being that so much of what you have and what you've done have come on the back end of trials? Oh yeah. I mean, there's just so much to be said about that. I, I'm definitely pro for, you know, these trials are things that they're going to, I would be a totally different person if I didn't go through some of the things I've been through and I love who I am right now. And that's because of some of those things I just had someone ask me the other day, we were just talking about relationships and they're like, you know, if you could go back and remove that relationship from your life, uh, the abusive relationship that I had, would you? And I was like, no, like, I would do that all again because of the things that it's formed in me and how it's changed me and how it's given me like, yeah, I went through some things that I wish I didn't have to go through for sure. But also would I be able to empathize with women the same way that I do now. And, you know, my passion is for women and I, I, you know, in the future would love to do something to help women. And I think that God knew that all along. And although I don't think he sent these things into my life, you know, they were choices made by me. Um, but he's used them. So now that I'm like, Oh, Hey, you struggle with body image. Me too. Oh, Hey, you've been in this type of relationship. Me too. Like, and you get these things where you can empathize with people and it makes you a better person. It keeps building this foundation that you have. And so an easy life, I mean, we're nobody's gonna have an easy life no matter what. Um, but the fact that, you know, that's how you, like, I can't remember you said the quote about like it being easy for the young generate or what people are looking for. It's, you know, going through trials is it's going to make you better. 
Um, it's just how you carry yourself through those. I love that. That's so cool. So what, um, switching gears a little bit, but not too much, what is some advice that you can offer to people maybe going through or that have been through an abusive relationship, Tasia, that you've learned on the back end? Man. <laughs> yeah. I, it's so hard because, you know, it, it's not black and white. And, um, I think that was the thing that I realized soon on. And I mean, for people going through it, my biggest struggle coming out of something like that was just self-loathing and self-worth. And like we talked about self-worth and I felt like all these things that, um, he had said about me or had done to me was a reflection of me when in fact it's, it wasn't a reflection of me. It was a reflection of him. And, um, I think that, yeah, moving forward, it's just getting, getting into the word for me has been huge and hearing what God says about me and having people around me to remind me that God says these things about me. And just because somebody else said something about me, that doesn't make it true. And, um, I think just forgiveness, right? Forgiveness is so hard, but is something that's so necessary to live in freedom and walk in freedom and processing through that. So for someone, you know, going through or getting out of something like that, I definitely would say, you know, find people who love and care about you and confide in them. And the greatest gift, you know, from the whole thing is the more I've talked about it, because for a lot of time I carried a long time, I carried a lot of shame because of it. And I just didn't talk about it and people didn't know. And I would just kind of hide it. You know, some people knew obviously, but I kind of hide it from anyone else. And the more I've spoken about, the more people I have met that have been through the same or similar things. And that's how you get stronger is with each other. And I feel like I just keep talking about community and stuff, which that wasn't my intent to just talk about that the whole time. But um, you need people. And I think that's kind of what God's been teaching me in these last couple of years is I don't have to do everything on my own. I don't have to go through everything on my own. Um, not only do we have God, but you know, we also have people that are around us and you should surround yourself with people that are speaking love and kindness and great things over you. Man, no, I love that you're talking about community so much. I think that was the direction a lot of my questions were heading. So that's really cool. Um, so I think like one thing you kind of said of like, as you've been more open and willing to talk about it, it's brought it's elevated your platform in a way that you can actually use your life, your mess as a message in a way. Um, I think that's so cool. That's the entire premise of why we started this podcast. I think is just cause I, we wholeheartedly believe like we, it's a pithy tagline, but we wholeheartedly believe that, um, people feel alone because they're unknown, right? Like if you were to still be holding on to an abusive relationship or those things and, and not have shared those with people and experience the healing that James five talks about of like, man, I'm just going to confess and talk and have people pray over me and see what happens. Like I love the reality is I think people view you as a stronger woman because you do, because you share your weaknesses. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think it's like the great paradigm of a Christian life that way more people can relate to our weaknesses than our strengths. And so the people that figure it out, if it's like by figure it out, that read and follow what the scriptures say to do. um, Mm -hmm. I think they really see like what you're seeing that like there's, there's so much strength to be walked in by being openly known and fully loved for who you are as Christ loves us. So that's so cool. I think that's just amazing that, that you've experienced it and that you're also now encouraging others to it because of the joy that it has brought for you. So I think that's just awesome. But let's, so let's move into the community piece. Um, unless you have something else to say about that. 
No, I was just gonna say I just loved everything you just said. That was so good. It's, <laughs> it's just awesome, right? Like just to have even be having this conversation, and for you to be putting words into exactly you know what we feel, and that's really cool. I love it, and so. Obviously, I think we really think that community is kind of a missing link to the quote unquote Christian life that people are are walking in. I don't think I don't know that Christ designed a, a Christian life that doesn't involve community. Like, I don't know that it biblically can be done without community. Um, all the all the one another's of scripture are a, an, a giant neon arrow to you're supposed to do this with other people, I think. And so for you obviously joining mayhem played a huge role in probably building community, um, being in Tennessee, meeting people there. What's kind of the Genesis story of joining mayhem. And then we'll kind of dive more into the, the actual real authentic community that is uh, present there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even me getting to mayhem is by God's grace. And, um, it's so funny cause I, you know, I know we're kind of like jumping all around, but before I got asked to join Cross of Mayhem Freedom, I've been in prayer for almost a year about a new opportunity. And I knew God was calling to me, me to leave where I was at. And I just didn't know where to go. I didn't know what that meant, obviously. I mean, I was just trying to, I knew I was called to leave. And at the time of what happened with Mayhem, I was going on job interviews. I had been on like multiple job interviews, just looking for a new place. And I was on my way to a job interview. And I got a DM in my inbox and Instagram and it was from Cross Man Freedom. Like, Hey, we're looking for a girl for 2018. Would you be interested? And honestly, my first reaction was like, well, I want to compete individual. Cause that's what I had known was like, I'm like, I want to compete individual. And so I took a second, you know, longer than a second, but I was like, okay, well one, you need to at least go down. Like you can't, there are certain opportunities that you just need to take them. And like, just because I go down and visit doesn't mean I'm going to join the team. Um, so I just started getting into prayer. I was just like praying like, all right, God, you know, this is kind of weird. This is not what I was expecting as far as like an opportunity, like, which is so ridiculous looking back now, but I was like, I'm not sure if this is what you're calling me to. Um, and by the time I remember I showed up here for my like trial weekend and oh my gosh, I was just praying, praying, praying. I'm like, please God, let them like me, like let them think I'm good enough. Like I want to go. Cause at the time I was still, I was coming back from some injuries and stuff. And a lot of people on the other side were like, Hey, you're too injured to go join man freedom. Like, you know, they're like a championship team. Like you won't be good enough. You won't be able to do it. And so I'm like trying to like silence those voices, but also be like, okay, is this what you want for me? I don't know. And you know, by the end of that weekend, I was like, yes, I'm all in. Like, tell me what I need to do when I need to move here tomorrow. Like I'm in. And, you know, it's from the outside looking in, it looks like everything was just easy and everything just fell into place. And honestly, you know, I've talked pretty openly about this. My first year here was really hard. And that wasn't because people were like not nice or anything. Everyone was super great. It was a family. It was welcoming. But it was, I had put, so much pressure on myself to win the CrossFit games that it CrossFit, I became an idol for me. And I know, you know, we don't have to go deep into that, but like it became something where the only thing I could think about was not blowing it. Like I literally, when we won the CrossFit games in 2018, I didn't feel necessary joy. I felt relief, um, that I hadn't blown it. And, you know, I, God started, I mean, he had already been working in my life then. I was surrounded by believers and I was working through this stuff. 
And that following um, fall, my roommate and I, Kristen, we moved into this house that was up on like a little mountain and I had no cell service in my bedroom. We had no TV or we had a TV, but it had like three stations. So like not real TV and um, just like really bad Wi-Fi. And I remember just being like, what am I going to do with my life right now? Like I can't even text someone from my bedroom because the Wi-Fi is so bad. And I started ordering these these like um, Bible study books, these Lifeway Bible books and started working through them and just started like realizing how much pressure I was putting on myself and why I'm like, why am I not enjoying CrossFit as much as I should? And although my first year here was great and I don't want that to sound like it's being put on anyone else because everyone else, the pressure wasn't from rich or from other people's things that I was inflicting on myself. Um, but yeah, it was a really hard year. And then 2019, which just happened was like the best year, just like living in freedom leading up to that and starting to remove some of those things that, you know, I've been working on. And that's why it's so funny. Cause I feel like I'm going through so much. Like I, I'm like, Oh my gosh, so many things like I'm learning and growing and changing. And, um, I'm definitely in that type of season and yeah, I'm just grateful for that for sure. I don't so, know if I even answered your question. No, I don't, I don't care. That was great. <laughs> what, uh, so let's just dive right in there. What are you learning? What's God teaching you right now, Teja? I mean, God is teaching me a lot. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been, you know, working through these ideas of self-worth and what that means and what God says about me. And then also, you know, being in the competitive world, he's teaching me a lot about not comparing myself to other people. Um, because I think that that's just like, that was like almost like the crux of CrossFit becoming an idol for me is just like, I have to just keep being better and better and like, you know, all this other stuff. And then in this season specifically, I, um, I feel like he's starting to teach me about rest, which I feel kind of funny saying that cause it's like new. I just started reading, um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I don't know if you've read that book. Yeah, I saw you post Comer's book. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, it is so eye-opening. And I think, you know, God's just showing me, I've never I've never Sabbath before. And I know that that's something that's not really, I guess, as common in the Christian community as before. And just being okay with rest, because I don't know, you probably can tell from this interaction that I'm pretty type A, I'm pretty fast. I'm like, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Okay, what do we got to get done? And in the season of quarantine, for me, it's actually been busier than um, what normally I'm like, because we're doing so many live streams, we're still training. Um, You know, I'm still trying to learn and God is kind of you know, I'm still learning, so I don't want to like act like I know what's going on, but um, just trying to remind me that in that you can still rest, you know, and that rest with Jesus, you know, like it, although I do, you know, read and I do these things daily, I feel called to spend more time and learning more about the Sabbath has been really cool because I've never practiced that. And, um, I feel like there's just so much value in that. And I don't know if like you, you practice that or if you don't or, um, but I feel like he's teaching me just a lot about, you know, living with joy and just being healed and being, find those peace. And that comes too from resting and it's okay to rest. Um, so that's kind of what I'm learning in a circle way. 
That's awesome. I think it's so unique. I think that I know I'm pretty sure there's eight and three of which were kind of high end Christian authors. Um, like, cause Comer came out with his Bethke came out with to hell with the hustle. And then I think Rebecca Lyons came out with rhythms of renewal, all of which were about rest the beginning mm-hmm. of this year that we would all be forced. It's almost like God was working in, in a rhythm himself. Um, I think that's so cool. So what, um, what are some things specifically about rest that you've seen? Like what are some fruits that you've seen already just from trying to invest in, in being more restful, especially which it's, I think it's a really cool paradigm that it's like your job is literally going 100%. Like that's what you, you get paid to do is, is to go, 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 go. And, and you're in a sport where you can't just work out once a day and be good at it. And so I think it's a really cool paradigm of like, you have to find the balance between 100 and zero, you know? And so what have you learned in that? Yeah, I think, you know, you said it, it's for, you know, not only society, and I know he talks about in his book, but just us, like this idea of more is better and just like keep grinding, keep pushing and like, that's better. And that's, what's going to get you success. And, you know, I, I love that. Like I'm all a hard worker. I'm type A. I'm like, let's go like an opportunity, sign me up. And I think, you know, there that's, there's good and there's value in that, but also you can do that and still rest. And, um, I'm definitely learning because in this season, I think with COVID and everything going on, I found myself, especially at the beginning, super anxious, like like more anxious than normal. And I'm like, why are you anxious? You are literally almost living the same life anyways that you were before. Um, like some people have, you know, drastic changes because of it. And I didn't really, I had a little bit more of, um, more responsibilities. Um, but this underlying anxiety and I don't, I didn't know, you know, how to pinpoint that. And, um, a lot of things that he talks about in the book that I've been trying to practice is, you know, trying to maybe be a little bit less on my phone, you know, less addicted to that. I started sleeping with my phone on the opposite side of the room, um, which honestly has been a huge blessing. Um, it sounds so small and like, it's not going to make that big a difference. But when I put my phone on the other side of the room, the, when it's there, like when I'm going to bed, it's there. Like, and so if I'm trying to read, I'll set it, I'll plug it in, turn on, do not disturb, and then start my reading. And I know that that's like, okay, the phone's over there until the morning. And, um, just being more conscious of when I'm doing my studies and stuff or when I'm working, I can put my phone away and that's okay. We don't need to always be available. Sure. There's people, there's times you should be available to people, but it's okay to get back to someone, you know, like in the good old days in a few hours or something like that. And just trying to recognize, um, those things and, just, you know, I'm working through this book too. That's just on prayer and learning how to pray better. And, um, yeah, that's been really cool. And so like the fruits of rest is right. Like prayer is like one of those things that we're called to do when we're resting in Jesus. And, um, for me, if you have a scattered anxious brain, like prayer can be hard because you're sitting and you're still and, um, you're quiet. And I know that John, you know, in the book, he talks about it too, and just trying to see those fruits. And I have seen them, you know, just like the joy of the Lord, you know, like feeling that joy and feeling that peace. And I remind myself of, um, that first, I constantly, I'm doing it so often lately. It's like when anxiety was great within me, your constellation brought me, brought me great joy. And when I'm feeling anxious, I just think about that verse. And I'm like, be 
because you're anxious, you can still find joy, you know, like you have to slow down for a second and let your mind slow down. And yeah, I guess so back to your question, um, the fruits I guess I've been seeing is, you know, helping me with that anxiety and giving me some peace, um, and clarity and joy through that. I love that. Yeah. My wife and I went, we bought $3 alarm clocks at Goodwill to try to get phones out of our room. Um, and we've seen a lot of fruit from that too. Just like having a spot you can just put it that's not even near you makes it less of a temptation, I think. And I'm like, I'm with you. Like I, I've had to take measures to, to like try not to be as addicted to my phone, like Instagram and different things like that to the point where I only have Instagram on my phone for 20 minutes a day now. Like I, I download it every day and delete it every day. <laughs> and so, um, I think that's so cool that you're doing those things. And so Teja, one of the things that I think is, is really cool about your story that I've seen pointed out in other interviews and seen pointed out in articles, um, is this overlying theme of resilience, um, from when you're a child, I think your, your mom's a great example of that. And you kind of just took that in stride and ran with it. Um, but I think one of the things I haven't seen is I think the, the undertow to that resilience is just a quiet faithfulness about your life of just, uh, just pursuing faithful in the little things. Um, and your career is a testament to that in a lot of ways that there's, there's not a lot of glory in one team CrossFit two team CrossFit with the biggest name in CrossFit. And then three, like you guys do a lot of grudge work every single day. That's small steps of faithfulness towards a greater goal. And so how have you seen that play out in your faith? Just like consistent faithfulness and how that's bore fruit, um, in both CrossFit and in your faith. Yeah. I mean, it's been huge for CrossFit, right? Anyone who competes and even if you don't compete, you know, there's so many days that you go in and one, you don't want to work or you're exhausted, your body's tired. And, um, even going in feeling prepared, that doesn't mean you're going to win the games. Even if you're the most prepared out there, there's so many factors that go into something like that. So just remembering to live in purpose and, you know, have that faith that, God's plan will prevail. And does God's plan mean a gold medal? No, it doesn't. And what's so funny and, you know, I don't talk about it a lot, but like the gold medal is so fleeting. It's so like, it's literally like, yeah, it's great. You win it. And then by the next day you're like, okay, you know, are we talking about next season? Like what's the training plan for next season? You know, it's super fleeting. And, um, you know, I got, I know that God didn't bring me to Cookville to win gold medals although that's been a great addition and something incredible and a place for me to just like refine myself through working really hard at something um, and having faith that, you know, God's plan will prevail in that. And, you know, that goes for life too, right? We're going to go through trials and we're going to go through things and um, life's never going to be easy. But if we can have faith through that and have hope and choose, you have to work hard to choose those things. It's not easy. And I think that's what, you know, people get scared of sometimes is yes, fear is going to be easier to go to anxiety is going to be easier to go to. And it's going to be easy to self-medicate in a sense by, you know, going on your phone or doing something else to just not process what you're going through. Um, but we can, we have the choice and we can choose hope and we can choose faith. And we can keep working hard at that. And you will see results that are fruitful. And, you know, that's why I love just seeing stories of people who have been through something hard and they still have joined that because, you know, 
from the worldly perspective, it's, it's not normal. Um, but you know, it's, it, you can have it and you can do it. And I think that's really cool. That's so good. I think someone shared a quote with me once that said something along the lines of the day after a gold medal is proof is proof that we're made for more. Um, oh yeah. So good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yeah, that's so cool just to hear, kind of hear that side of it too, that a lot of people I think would look at you guys and be like, man, they got it all, you know, like they must be so fulfilled. They must have all these things. And, um, I think we're an engine that's made to run off the fuel of Christ and it's just not the case that those things, they're cool and they're great and they're fulfilling for moments, but it's cool to hear kind of the backside that is like, no, like the gold medal's cool, but I really would like to be better at resting, you know, <laughs> like, um, sure. So let's dive back. We kind of diverted a little bit, but let's dive back into um, the community side of CrossFit Mayhem and what that's meant for you um, and just your faith and your walk. What has it been like and how have you uh, really grown with God because of being surrounded by people that are getting after it? The community is incredible. It's literally totally changed my life. And um, yeah, when I first came here, I never worked out to like worship music. Like that's one thing like I just never had because I wasn't in a community where like that was something normal. And um, that's something Rich is kind of known for is just, you know, working out to worship music. And now we, if we like pretty much always only work out to music, worship music, although there's nothing wrong with other musics. Um, but I, I love it because people sometimes will be like, how do you work out to such slow music? And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, I mean, like you have to, when you're going and you're like in a dark place and I'm listening to something and it's like, like it is well comes on. I'm like, that motivates me. And it like gives me an extra, you know, drive to push. Cause I'm like, it reminds me that my purpose is greater than this pain and this workout. Like I am pushing, I'm working hard for something that is greater than that. And I think that's the difference is it has nothing to do with the speed or the tempo of it. And even just yesterday, um, to like put a little story in, we were doing this run, we were doing a run on the air runners. And so it was like a few of us were all doing this run and it was, it was really hard. And, um, graves of gardens came on and that's like one of my favorite songs right now i'm just like loving it and so it's like you can hear like you hear like rich like yelp like yeah like you know like excited and like we're like running with our arms out like in the <laughs> middle i'm like i'm like yes praise the lord um just like and i ran faster because of that like i literally did a faster pace because i just was overwhelmed with joy because the song came on and i could hear the people around me the community around me just getting pumped up because of you know this song and that's what's so cool is it's like there's such an openness to one just live your faith and if you have questions you can ask and you know we're working we're also doing this devotional um podcast and so like we were reading through scripture and just diving into the scripture and um just learning more about it and then to have a discussion with that about people who know more than me you know who are more well-versed than me and um that has super grown my faith and then just even having you know people around me who are kind of coming to faith and developing a faith and like, what does that mean? And, you know, as they ask me questions and I'm like, I don't know anything, you know, it's like you kind of like answer and you're like, well, this is what I know. Um, you can grow in it together because, you know, being around people think that I'm just like super seasoned or something, but I just, I, you know, just want to talk about it. I just love talking about it with people and I love that the Holy spirit has allowed me and given me that gift to 
just speak about it. And like, I'll be honest with you, if you ask me something and I don't know it, I'm not going to pretend that I know it. And we can work through together and find out that answer together. And I think that's the really cool part of the community here is it's, it's welcoming. And that doesn't mean that you have to be a believer to come hang out here either. Right. Like you can come and bring your ideas and we can talk about those too. And that's okay. And um, yeah, it's been so wonderful. I think that's such a testament to, to how God designed it, right? Like a community, like there's someone you can reach up to. There's people that know more than you that you can grow under. There's people you can reach out to that are maybe at an equal level that you can grow with. And then there's people below you that you can reach down to and pull them up. And I don't know. I think that's so, that's such a beautiful illustration, I think, of of how Christ meant it to be. And then now it's way easier, I'm sure, for you guys to invite people who, who don't believe into that environment and know that know what's going to happen once they enter that environment. No, and you see life change, and you see growth, and you see people all operating in a consistent measure. Huh? That's just so cool to hear. I think too of um, I think you you get little snippets of it from watching some mayhem stuff, but it's even cooler kind of to hear the behind the scenes of like no, it's really going down, and like we're getting after it, and we love it, and it's just encouraging us to be more and more faithful. Um, that's so cool. So tell me more, Tasia, about the the into the storm that you guys are doing. Yeah. So that podcast we're doing, um, just kind of came on a whim of like, let's give some content for, you know, people in quarantine. And, um, so we've got rich, you know, very well versed, strong in his faith. And then Jim same, he was actually a pastor in his years, um, before this. And then me, I'm like kind of learning, um, I'm a woman and you know, just whatever. And then there's, um, so we alternate between, um, Doc Collins and, or excuse me, Doc Phillips and, um, Michael Mills, another guy that's in their Bible study together. And so they're very well versed and we just pick a scripture. And when it was around Easter, we were picking stuff around the resurrection and we pick, you know, a block and then we're like, okay, you guys read through it. Everyone reads through it on their own and takes whatever notes they want. looks at the commentary and we don't talk beforehand. That's the thing is like, we, it's not a preaching. Um, we're not there to like necessarily preach people or just like, Hey, this is like what a discussion looks like with people who are on all different levels of their faith. Cause that's what we talk about. We're like, we all have something different to bring to it. We've all gone through different things in our life. We're at different points in our lives. Um, our knowledge is a little bit different and just like, what did you get from that scripture? And we just discuss it for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. And it has been so awesome. And I've come up with just like, some things like this last one we did first Samuel chapter one. And I remember before, like I'd read through it, I'd read through the commentary, I'd written all these notes and stuff. And I was praying before and I was just like, God, I'm like, I'm really nervous. Cause I don't know what I have to say. I'm like, I really like, like it's, it's a good piece of scripture, but also there's not a lot happening in it. And so I was like, I'm just like, please, if there's something that you want me to say, let me say it because I have nothing planned. And um, I went in and that was the the podcast I had talked the most on. And, you know, that's what's funny is like you get around other people and they start bringing your ideas in and we're snowballing and you can just have a discussion and be like, wow, okay, they're actually a lot more in that scripture than I thought there was when I first read it. Um, and that's what's really cool. Hmm. I love that. That's so awesome. So how has that grown you having to actually dive in and study? I think there's, there's a generation of believers that believe the Bible doesn't have to be a part of your faith, which is a massive contradiction to everything the Bible says. (laughs) Um, 
but how has that grown you forcing you to, well, one being around people who, who are, um, more well-versed than you are, how has that pulled you up? And then how is like having to actually study the scriptures changed your heart towards things? Yeah. So having people that are more well-versed than me has been great. Um, because I mean, just like, I think anyone reading the Bible, you're going to have a lot of questions and there's going to be things that you stick out and you're like, wait, what, why did Jesus do that? Or like, why did they say that? And so me, I'm always bubbling with questions. I'm just like, all right, guys, why did this happen? Um, and so that's been really cool to have people to, you know, answer those questions or like, Hey, like, I don't have an answer for that, but you know, I know that, you know, God is bigger than that. And like, he's going to reveal that to us one day. And because a lot of times we can get real deep into these questions and um, studying the scripture has been really cool because I've never taken time to look at commentary on scripture and the commentary just gives you so much background. And I think that's something that sometimes can be lost. And like when I used to read the Bible, I'd read it as like it was like a story, like a book, like not actually like this was happening in this time with real people and real scenarios. And So it gives you kind of a background of like, okay, so at this time, like this was common among the people there, this wasn't common. And like, because it's a different world from where we are now and like how we are dealing with technology and all these different things, we might not understand the way things were happening then, but it gives you background to help you understand that. And I think that's, what's been really cool is to be able to look back and see like, oh, like this was important in that time. And like, that's why things were happening this certain way. And like, that's what the commentary and diving deeper in the scripture gives you. It gives you a better understanding and it helps you relate to it more because it's not just like a story someone written, wrote, you know, like it is based on true events. Um, so that's been really cool and eye opening. Hmm. That's amazing. So Tasia is kind of, we're, landing the plane and coming to a close what uh any parting thoughts um if people want to find you where can they find you where can they hear more from you um i know you posted last night that you're going to be doing more blog posts and some other stuff like that and so where can people find that yeah so you can find me um on my instagram tasia Persevage. it's i'm not gonna spell it out <laughs> but you can find me I'm the only it'll one be there. in the name of the podcast yeah. Um, or my website, Tasia-Persevage.com, which like, like you said, I'm going to be writing more blog posts. And um, yeah, I really just, I'd love to share what God is teaching me and hopes that it can help other people. And, you know, I guess just for parting notes, like I encourage other people to share your story and to share your weaknesses and to share the things you've been through because not only will it bring healing and clarity and those things to your life, but that's how you're going to change other people's lives. And, um, yeah, it's just been an incredible journey and just like so grateful that you had me on and yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. Your, uh, faithfulness and authenticity is super encouraging to us, Tasia. So just thank you, uh, for walking on the platform that you walk on the way that you do. Uh, we're very grateful that, that you're doing what you're doing with what you have. And so we're grateful that you're willing to be on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you again. 
Man, guys, I hope that is helpful for you. Uh, I know sitting down with Tasia and just having some conversations with her ever since we sat down, um, just so encouraged by the way she just in, in a lot of ways personifies joy, by the way she chooses to walk intentionally with community, with people, being spurred forward, even though sometimes it's not always the easiest thing to do, just encouraged by the way that she walks. And we're so grateful for people like Tasia and just the encouragement that she is to the community at large. And man, we just hope God continues to use her and spur her forward in the giftings that she has and that she's giving to the community. And so, man, be praying for Tasia and just all that she is to all the people in her life. Friends, we can't encourage you enough to go check out newethics.com. You can go to the show notes and just click right there. Uh, you can use code KNOWN for 15% off. Some of their products are just so amazing. One of my favorites that I've been using right now, it's called Gourmet Greens. And if you've ever had a green supplement, one thing that you know is, man, they typically do not taste good, but they have an espresso flavor that literally tastes like you're walking out of the coffee shop and it is so good. So go check that out, guys. That's one that I've been hitting a lot lately and I'm just, I love it. Quite frankly, it doesn't taste like you're drinking grass clippings and you're getting your greens and your micronutrients. And so it's just a great thing. Hey guys, if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and a review, it would mean so much to us. Uh, we're not just saying that. I say this every week. I'm a broken record, guys. Sorry about that. But hey, we're not just trying to spur up our own egos, right? Like we're trying to get this out to as many people as we can because we truly feel like God has put a message on our heart to share with people. And the more ratings and reviews that we have that are positive, uh, it's just going to push it out to more. It, it kind of helps the algorithm for podcasts. And so thank you guys so much for that. We love you. We're grateful for you. Uh, and just let me pray this out. God, just pray for people uh, who, are, who are in a situation right now who just need you. I know the world's a crazy place. I know the world is longing for hope. The world is longing for meaning, Lord. And we just pray that you're going to be with us. God, we pray that we'll feel your presence this week. We pray that you'll just walk hand in hand with us. We pray specifically for Tasia uh, and just the light that she is in the community where she walks. Lord, we just pray that you'll continue to lift her up, that you'll continue to illuminate giftings to her that she can walk in. Lord, I pray for the, the listeners that you would just be with them for those exact same things. Lord, illuminate giftings in their lives that they can walk in. Help them to dive deep into community. I know Tasia just talked about how helpful community has been in her life. Dive deep in authentic community where we're confessing our sins to one another, where we're praying for one another, where we're receiving healing, Lord, as James 5.16 talks about. So, Lord, we just pray that you would be with us, that you would strengthen our week, that you would spur us forward, that you would just help us be all that you have called us to be. Because without you, God, we're nothing. So Lord, in this week, in this crazy time, in the chaos of the world around us, I pray that we'll find hope and solace in you and you alone. And Lord, whether someone's listening to this on their drive to work or whether they're uh, grocery shopping for the family this week, I just pray that they would be encouraged and I pray uh, that they would just be spurred forward to dive into deeper relationship with you, not to listen to more podcasts by Humble Daily or, or to do uh, uh, more creative things, Lord, but rather just to dive deeper into a love and affection for Christ. We love you, God. And we're grateful for you. I pray that this week will be a testament to that. And in your name we pray, Lord. Amen.